Hesky. Welcome to the Talent Alone Basketball and Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Adam Hess. And with me as always, my stalwart co-host, co-host and birthday boy, Mike Regan. Mike, how you doing today? You know none of that comes through in the audio, right? Damn. <laughs> I'm trying to drop some sick sound bites. It's my birthday. I'm good. That's it? Yeah. No, no expansion upon it past that? No, no. Uh, it is indeed my birthday. That's cool. I don't know. At my age of 75, it's a, <laughs> it's a mixed feeling. I'm just kidding. I'm 31, but it means I'm, I'm basically like... I said 30 was like the tip of the mountain, you know? So now I'm just declining. Like, I think I'll probably make it to 60. I feel like that's a good run. It's a pretty good like, run. Yeah, like, really, like, what what else do you have left to do after you've been alive for 60 years? If you haven't done it by that point, it's on you. Yeah, just run for president, I guess, based off of our recent history. Yeah. So I'll probably go 60, maybe 65, and then I'll do an old good midsummer. Yeah, it's to, to take a... <laughs> Take a header off the cliff. Just take a full gainer off the cliff. <laughs> That'd be badass. Just don't go feet first, as we've learned. Yeah. Otherwise, someone's got to hammer you. Yeah. That might be my only chance to meet Florence Pugh. It's to jump off a cliff. <laughs> See if I if I reenact Midsummer, if she'll disappear. I think that's how that works. So that makes yeah. sense, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Mike trade deadline just passed in the NBA and it was maybe the most exciting trade deadline in NBA history. Would you agree? I feel like there's a case to say you're wrong. Probably. <laughs> Probably a pretty good case. Seriously, what's more exciting? Kevin Durant getting traded to Phoenix or PJ Washington getting traded to uh, uh, Dallas? Might be PJ Washington, I gotta say. Who doesn't no. get really excited when the third best player on the Charlotte Hornets gets traded? No take for that? Nothing? I'm sorry. <laughs> My Are brain, f- like, broke. <laughs> Are you fucking with audio levels again over there, Mike? No, I'm not. I just My brain was trying to function, and it failed. So, first off, I would like to crown this, officially, the trade deadline. Oh, God, him. <laughs> and second, what we're going to do here today is we're just going to go around and hand out trade deadline awards. Everyone else on the planet has already covered the trade deadline. If you really want to read analysis of how things went, feel free. We're here to be entertaining. We're going to hand out awards. We're supposed to be entertaining? No one told me that. (laughs) That clarifies so many things, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. It's my birthday. (laughs) Are you going to say that regardless of what you do for everything on this podcast? Pretty much. All right. First award is the uh this one really isn't has a very centered on the trade but it's the i always forget that's where he's playing award and it goes to Otto porter jr i always forget he's on the right he was on the raptors <laughs> it's very very on brand for you to open up the trade deadline conversation by talking about a player that you forgot was on a team somewhere yeah i don't know why i've always just it's just do not remember that now he's a member of the utah jazz and I'm sure he'll be there for a long time in his career, as he does with every one of his stops, you know? Eight, yeah. ten, twelve seasons there, probably. He's really moving around, can't decide where he likes it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's by his accord. <laughs> right, it's all to him. It's all to Otto Porter. He's that it's, level player. Otto Porter's one of those things that I just absolutely love in basketball, where it's like, oh, 
well, what does this player do for you? It's like, well, you know, he kind of just gets traded. That's what he does for us. My misremembering, was there a time when we were like telling ourselves or there was a narrative that like Otto Porter Jr. was like the third guy on like the John Wall Washington Wizards? Or am I mixing up my timelines? No, that's about right. Yeah. I'm trying to like, unless you, you'd say Gortat was the third guy there. Yeah, he's, he's an ugly looking motherfucker. He's the Polish hammer. <laughs> that's the ladies call him. <laughs> um, but like, like the, the most extreme version of this is Victor Oladipo who just exists in the NBA now mm-hmm. to be a guy who gets traded to other teams. Yeah. But Otto Porter kind of feels that it's like, well, he's a three and D wing, but he's not good enough to really like affect anything anywhere. So he just exists to be part of trade packages. Yeah. He won a ring, though. Yeah, with Golden State. Yeah. He's a good player He's on the team, too. player. Yeah. You know what? I hope the Timberwolves trade for him. <laughs> That's why the Jazz traded for him. They're like, we think we can make a run. We just need guys who know how to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know got some Otto Porter Jr. That's why they uh, got Kelly Olenek the fuck out of the building. Yeah. Uh, so this, this kind of leads in. To, to one of my awards. I was going to save this for later. I was going to go with your standard awards up at the top. Mm-hmm. But this, it you know, flows in well. I'm going to hand out the Pepe Silvia Award for most nonsense. That goes to Masai Ujiri. Mm-hmm. What is this fucking guy's plan? He trades OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam prior to the trade deadline for young assets. For the most part. I mean, he got some picks in there, but for the most part, for young assets. And then at the trade deadline, makes a move for Kelly Olenek. Not exactly a, let's build around Kelly Olenek and see where he goes. Kelly Olenek is a, let's try to win shit now player. The Raptors have not set the world on fire since trading for Quickly and and Barrett. Mm -mm. So it's not like they think, well, let's trade for Olenek and then rocket up the standings in the East. Like... What, what is it? The Masai Ujiri is planning here. Well, I didn't know we were going to talk so much about this trade, uh, and I didn't even realize they had it um, relating to multiple awards. So I'm just going to throw this one in here. That I had another award called, man, first rounders are fucking worthless. <laughs> this year they are, yeah, yeah. Like it, this is supposed to be a bad draft, and they just like threw in a first rounder, and you look at that trade, and you're like. All right, so what was the first first rounder for? And it's like, I guess Ochai Agbaji, who's like a former lottery pick who didn't work out. Yeah. I guess that's it. But in the NBA, I guess if it's not like a, depending on the draft, it's like, oh, is it not a top 10 pick? Then it's worth nothing. But this year's like a particularly bad draft. Mm-hmm. So people are doing weird stuff. Like OKC traded two of its 24, late 24 first for like a pick swap in mm-hmm. 2026 with the Mavs. Because they're just like, eh, Luca's going to be gone. That'll be a good pick. Yeah. So I guess the one defense of... I don't get getting Olenek. It makes no sense to me. And I guess the one defense to Masai is like, eh, we gave up a pick this year that's in a weak draft to get a potential reclamation project. But like, I have news for you guys, just so you know, in case there's any Raptors fans talking themselves into this. Like, lottery bust, like reclamation projects don't usually turn out well. <laughs> Yeah, who's the best case? Fultz in Orlando? Is that like the best lottery bust works out somewhere else case you could think of? Yeah, because was Markinen? Well, he wasn't really a bust in Chicago. No, he just, he like ascended a little later, but he, he yeah. wasn't a bust. 
yeah. Chicago Chicago just doesn't make good trades. That's really the core of that, though. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, it, so to, to real quick, go back to the Masai mm-hmm. Ujiri absolute nonsense stuff. He also traded away Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young for Spencer Dinwiddie and then proceeded to waive Spencer Dinwiddie so that he didn't have to pay him the million and a half extra money if he played one more game. Mm-hmm. But isn't isn't Dennis Schroeder on the books for like $13 million next year? Is that it? I thought that's what I read. Let me, I'll pull up his contract real fast. He is anticipated to receive, yeah, $13 million for the subsequent 2024-2025 season. Is it, a, is, is it a team option or something or a player option? What's the deal there? We'll pull it up in more... Nope, looks like he had signed a two-year deal, 12.4 this year, 13 next year, and then he's a UFA. All right. I mean, that's a pretty good deal for the Nets. Like, I don't know what the Nets are doing. Like, I don't know why they need, they felt they, they needed Thad Young and Dennis Schroeder in the building unless their plan is to move him this offseason or something because they're also another team that's not rocketing up the, the standings there. But yeah. I don't understand what Masai Ujiri is doing like really the part to me that I'm like what is this is the Olenek part of this trade yeah I don't get that that is definitely the biggest one like you could have gotten a pick instead of Olenek right Mm -hmm. like if it was you know a second rounder instead of Olenek wouldn't that make more sense for where they are I don't know like and Olenek makes more sense on the jazz it's just what, what Masai Ujiri just has the whole board covered in mail Writing Pepe Silvia on it with all the little, all the little push pins all over the place and the red string going back and forth. Yeah. And everyone who walks by is like, "This guy's planning something." But in reality, he's just smoking cigarettes and seeing dudes who don't actually exist. Yeah, you can never go into a trade deadline or like the off season and think you know what Masai is going to do. Yeah. <laughs> the Raptors always do something weird or the opposite of what you think they would do. Like I feel like he spends weeks reading articles about what they're expected to do and then he's just like bet he does something completely different or is it is it the opposite where he's so sensitive about the way people talk about him that last year he caught so much shit for not trading fred van vliet that he goes all right fine i'll just trade everyone he just keeps bringing people in and out for no reason without even thinking and at the end he's gonna have all these like random players it's it's like the like junk volume for shooters where shooters Mm -hmm. are, are like you know, like Terry Rozier, who's averaging 24 points on 21 shots. Masai Ujiri is hoping that at the end of the year, when Raptors ownership comes to him and like talk, wants to talk contract, he'll be like, I made by far the most trades in the NBA. <laughs> Don't look at my success percentage. That's left. I love that. He's uh, he's not a volume shooter. He's a volume trader. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, is it my turn for an award? We kind of went like back and forth on three straight awards there. Uh, Yeah. So uh, I'll go with my... Uh, poke a dead body, seeing if it's alive. Mm-hmm. Award. I guess to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> like this trade deadline was just standing there with a stick, poking the Chicago Bulls, being like, "Hey, you guys, are you dead? Like, do you mm-hmm. need to be called the ambulance?" <laughs> they stood pat. They they had like a ridiculously high asking price for Alex Caruso. It came out that the talks broke down with them and the Warriors for Caruso because Chicago wouldn't do anything that didn't involve Kaminga. Yeah. Who is uh, probably a better player than Alex Caruso. Fair to say. But they they stand pat with DeMar DeRozan, who's a pending UFA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Andre Drummond, coming off their bench, who's a pending UFA. Vucevic and Alex Caruso, who are both quality pieces they could trade. Like, this team should have just been like, oh, it's, it's Kobe White's world and we're all just living in it. 
Yeah, it's not like they're making – like they're not a title team. They're not even set up to make a deep run in the playoffs. So, And in the world of the play-in, where 9-10 gets you a fun play-in game to give your fans and the, you know, the boys in the, the room a little bit of a morale boost – you can still like basically go into like slight rebuild and start like shipping out your got some guys while still having a perfectly good chance at getting like that number ten spot, especially so, in the East this year. Yeah. Um, but the a report also came out that they don't they don't want to rebuild; they want to retool on the fly, which is uh just mm. madness. I've seen one. Say. I was say I've seen one team. I feel like basically do that well and it was the boston celtics yeah and there was i mean the warriors finals run i guess if that counts they're like most recent finals but even that it's like well that was steph curry it's not like it was steph curry and jonathan kaminga was playing out of his mind or like the future of the franchise yeah in boston um remind me of his name the gm who constantly fleeced people in trades oh danny ainge who's now in uh, utah yeah, like Danny Ainge moved on from the big three there and then just kind of seamlessly over, obviously over a few years, then turned it into, oh, we have Tatum and Jalen Brown, like one of the best duos in the league. <laughs> like, how did how did we let that happen? You remember the Isaiah Thomas season when they just had like oh, a yeah. five foot four guy and they were somehow in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, like that was part of it. Like they were competitive that year and then he, poor dude, like broke his hip for them and they <laughs> decided. Ainge traded him right after he broke his hip. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he had the story like the, he had the Bo Jackson injury. Yeah, wasn't the story that he also like didn't his sister pass away around that yeah, same his, time? His yeah. sister died during the playoffs. That's right. And then he yeah. came out and still played and broke his hip for him. <laughs> and Danny Ainge. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> Ruthless. <laughs> Are the Jazz gonna be like God mode in a few years? Like you think Ainge still has it? Let's see. Laurie Markinen. Uh they have uh Walker Kessler. Well, they lost Kelly Olynyk, so no, I think it's all downhill from here. Damn. Now, I mean, they have a lot of assets from the Mitchell and, and Gobert trade. They just need either Cleveland or Minnesota to completely fall off a cliff in a couple of years, and they'll they'll be a, a pretty good force in the West in the early 2030s. Yeah. I'll have to look up what their like draft capital is, but I feel like we're going to have one year in the future where like 80% of the first round is just the jazz and the thunder going back and forth. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing with the thunder and we'll get to the thunder in a second, but the whole thing with the thunder is where everyone's like, well, at some point you have to use these assets for something. You can't draft all these players. And it's looking more and more like they're going, what if we draft all these players, which is like great. Like don't, you don't, they've done such a good job. You don't need to be like, we need to unload all these first round picks for like a 32 year old superstar who could be on the decline. You know, instead it's like, yeah, we um we're gonna be in the playoffs again and we're a good team and we're a young team and we are gonna keep getting better by drafting good young players. <laughs> it's it's so refreshing to see an organization actually know how to like run itself. <laughs> Unlike the Chicago Bulls. Like the Chicago What's the stat? Like how many years has it been they haven't made a trade at the it's deadline? Since August twenty twenty one. They haven't yeah. traded they haven't traded a player since August twenty twenty one. Really invested, really love their squad. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine waking up in the morning, walking into the United Center. You see Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Nikolai Vucevic, Ayu DeSomo, Kobe White, Andre Drummond. They're all just like sitting there. They're like warming up. They're taking threes and you go, this is my championship squad. Yeah. Or Zach Levine on ice in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> we're so close, boys. Any day now, we're just going to take off and win the whole thing. 
All right, Mike, you, All got, right. Uh, you got an award? Yeah, this one is the uh, I'm going to need about 350 award. And it goes to the only trade that was a straight up just player for cash. It was Robin Lopez to the Celtics or Robin Lopez um, to the Kings, to the Kings from the Celtics for cash. And the Kings then wave Robin Lopez. Yeah. He, that, the day he was traded was during the Milwaukee, Minnesota game. And uh, Robin Lopez was just sitting at courtside in a Groucho Mark shirt reading a book the whole game. Like he didn't look up at the fucking basketball game happening in front of him the whole time. He just sat there reading a book from tip to buzzer. You know what? I wish they would tell us. And I don't, in the past, I don't think these numbers ever come out. But I wonder if when these players get traded for cash, if they ask the GM, like, how much? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we don't want, just just tell me. I can take it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you really get to know your exact price in those moments. And they're like, $25 $25 Starbucks gift card. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's like, would you rather have Robin Lopez or $6,000? I have a couple of free movie ticket vouchers. That would interest <laughs> you. <laughs> we have a group on. My turn? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's pat someone on the back here real quick. Uh, Biggest success of the trade deadline. No funny name for it or anything. The New York Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you talk about it going back to the OG trade, mm. this team has turned themselves from a perennial middling team into a Eastern Conference final contender. I, I don't know if I'm ready to make the jump to finals. We'll have to see when the team's back at full strength near the end of the season. But definitely an Eastern Conference final contender. Yeah, we... um, Great job. Like, the dark days of Dolan basically running everything and making bad move after bad move have like finally ended ever since Leon Rose got in the building. So it's been great. And this year getting full marks for me. I love the, the Bojan trade, especially right now with us being hurt. Um, and God, are we hurt? Like we already have OG who's undergoing surgery now. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. So we have three weeks. The Randall situation I think is still, is it day to day or so week to week? Still week to week. They said four to six weeks, like a week and a half ago. Yeah. And then Brunson banged up his ankle. He's questionable for today's game. Hartenstein's already been announced out for today's game. Uh, and this is all ignoring that Mitchell Robinson's been out for months now. Yeah. But when this team's healthy, I feel like they're going to be so good. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm so excited. Like none of the timelines on the injuries are like, ah, he might be done for the year. So I, yeah, I thought this was, I mean, you bring back Burks, you get a little bit of a, of a depth guy. Go out there, hit a couple threes, <laughs> and then Bojan, man, get a little Bojan in the building. Yeah, you you just, I mean, you just add to the scoring, and that's mm-hmm. important. I mean, like, and the only real thing you had to give up was Quentin Grimes, which, you know, at the start of the season, I know Quentin Grimes and Isaiah Likely were not Isaiah Likely, <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly. What's wrong yeah. with me? Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes were were big New York Knicks fans, guys, mm-hmm. but you. Leon Rosa and the, the Knicks organization made the choice to say, we believe in this team. We believe in Brunson. We believe we can win now, and let's make moves to do that instead of preparing for the future. Quentin Grimes yeah. had fallen out of the rotation anyways, and they're <laughs> replacing him with – I mean, and with, with DiVincenzo fucking going off now, you're adding these pieces that on any night can also take some of the scoring load. And adding a little bit of size, like I don't think that Burks or Bogdanovich are going to be lockdown defenders, especially Bogdanovich, who's now 34. Mm-hmm. 
but you just uh, you got scoring on the team now. When you get all your pieces back, you're going to have this elite defensive starting lineup and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, for it was a, a quiet for for a trade deadline. One of the few bright spots was the the Knicks. Yeah, it was. A, it's a good example of, and also, we don't see this all the time in sports. Is an organization actually like properly assessing this is where we're at? They looked at how they were playing after the OG trade, and they were like, well, I guess even prior to it, they felt we can give up some youth. Um, but they saw like, oh, we can actually like in this East, we can get in this. Like, we have a chance to make this run. Let's go make the moves to do it. Um, and I, I feel like around the trade deadline, a lot of teams are like, we got to get some defense for the playoffs. And in the NBA, no one plays defense, so I don't really subscribe to that idea. Like, you know what's better? Go get some scores who can keep like the score close when you have to bend, you know, put your start, give your starters a rest in the playoffs. And we grabbed a dude who, yeah, he's old, but he's shooting 46% from the field and 41% from three this season. Like, let's what go. old man take for you that no one plays defense in the NBA anymore, especially in a podcast where one host ha- follows a team that's coached by Tom Thibodeau and the other host follows a team that leads the NBA in defensive rating. <laughs> it's It's like a... Uh, old man, young man take, because I'm saying no one plays defense, but I'm also saying screw it, just go all offense then, which is kind of like a, like a younger take. Like the, you must the NBA love is weird. the Pacers and Hawks. I do love the Pacers. <laughs> you do love the Pacers. Hate the Hawks, though. Tyrese Halliburton, MVP. <laughs> if he if he plays basketball enough. Yeah, that's true. He's going to fall well under that 65-game threshold. Um, Your turn, Mike. You got an award? Okay, that was me. Well, I guess we should talk about it. I guess we should get into it. And that's the, uh, really? Nothing. Award to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Nothing. All that talk. Months, weeks, days. The entire season up until now, all the talk of what trades are they going to make. And they did nothing. This feels like Lakers management very loudly saying, hey, LeBron, you're free to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think that they're saying, yeah, we understand that we have two all-NBA caliber guys on the team right now, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But we're not giving up that 27 first. We know what this team is, and we know you're leaving to go to fucking, I don't know, Portland when they draft. Well, I was going to say when they draft Bronny. But Dude, wait. You tell me they're going to have a starting five, including LeBron James, Bronny Jr., and Scoot fucking Henderson? <laughs> I don't think Bronny's going to be in the starting five. Okay. I think Bronny's getting everyone Gatorades after the game. <laughs> but the like the Lakers were just like, nah, you know what? We're keeping Reeves. We're keeping D'Lo. We're keeping our first round picks. LeBron, you don't get to run this organization. You can tweet out however many hourglass emojis as you want. We're, we're not firing Darvin Ham, despite everyone hating him. <laughs> it, it did. It was very much it felt like there wasn't a good deal out there. So they were like, you know what? This is the squad. LeBron's probably gone next year. So let's see what we can do. Yeah. And I get it. You're, you're saying you're wasting a, a career year out of Anthony Davis too. But it's the first time in his life. Anyone's put their foot down and said no to LeBron. It feels like, mm-hmm. and it's probably the right decision. You probably didn't need to trade Austin Reeves in a first to get DeJounte Murray. That's not turning you into a title contender. Yeah. No, that's another thing. Like all the, the, the Another or another like a lot of talk, nothing happened was come like trade deadline day. The reports were, yep, DeJounte's not going anywhere. Yeah. 
Golden State does nothing. Atlanta does nothing when Atlanta felt like they were going to be a big seller. Um, LA does nothing. Chicago does nothing. A lot of, really? Nothing? Teams this year. Yeah, I mean, should that have been a sign we were headed for a trade deadline when it was like the biggest name in the month leading up to it was DeJounte Murray? Yeah. Or am I just shitting on DeJounte Murray? Unfairly? No, that's, that's a good take. Yeah. You're, you're talking about the second best guy on like a 500 team in the East. Right. Not exactly like... And it's like, people are like, ah, oh, he's going to be like, what if he's as good of an offensive player as he is now, but he goes back to also being as good of a defensive player as he was early in his career in San Antonio, which is, that it's not happening. That's like if I said, you know what? Maybe this Lakers season can turn around. What if LeBron James goes back to playing with the athleticism that he had when he was 23, but the smarts he has now? Yeah, I think it- Frankenstein, whatever creature together you want. It's like DeJounte Murray isn't going to suddenly turn into fucking prime Michael Jordan because he gets traded to L.A. Right. Like I mentioned how it doesn't always, you know, more often it doesn't work out than it does when teams are like, oh, we'll take this like lottery bust and see if, you know, even though he's been in the league four years now, maybe we can unlock him. Same thing when you take a guy and you're like, well, he he was doing this in the past. Maybe we can get him to do it again. Like, we're going to talk NHL trade deadline a little bit, and you'll see people will get traded, and they'll be like, yeah, I mean, this guy's a former 40 goal scorer. And you're like, yeah, that was seven years ago, bud. (laughs) All right, Mike, my turn? Yeah. No, wait. Is it? Yeah, Yeah, I just did the really nothing award. All right, I'm going to give out the y'all act like you never seen a white person before award. (laughs) Can't wait to see where this goes. (laughs) I'm giving this one out to everyone who's marking OKC as a winner for the Gordon Hayward trade. Oh, okay. Like, what's the deal there? Is it because he's a white guy? Is that why everyone's really excited about this? Because Gordon Hayward fucking sucks at basketball now. I don't know how much people are watching Gordon Hayward, but he can't move. He can't defend. He can kind of play make, and his shot is okay. Why is this an award that everyone goes, big winner, OKC, for getting Gordon fucking Hayward? The man, The man is like, him and Blake Griffin have combined to get enough surgeries to keep every doctor in L.A. in a mansion for the next 20 years. Yeah, after this deal, I was like, oh, maybe, like, you know, vet. Like, it's going to be good and get him some uh, some good minutes off the bench. And, like, I look more into his numbers. And I was like, no, that's not really enticing to me. I guess they didn't pull up his pro basketball reference before they made the trade. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's... It's a weird one. I also had to have that moment where I was like, Gordon Hayward's not 33. He's 85. What is this, say? What is this talking about? <laughs> yeah, so the Hornets get uh, Michich, Trey Mann, David Bertans, and two second-round picks for getting off old-ass man Gordon Hayward, who the last time he was relevant in the NBA is when he snapped his ankle in half on opening day. Yeah, I mean, I guess good for the Nets. They, like, turned a little bit of Hornets. what was left. Hornets, I mean, they turned over a little bit of, like, I could have just been abbreviating. <laughs> That's a good point. You're just saying the end of the name. I retract my correction. They took a little bit of name value that Hayward still had and got something for it. I don't think it's just a whatever move. I don't think it makes OKC any worse. In my opinion, I think it's just like, all right, whatever. I don't think that really changes anything, though. Yeah, they trade guys that weren't really playing for a guy that's like maybe playing. But now people are like, ah, they can use him in end of game situations instead of Josh Giddy since Josh Giddy doesn't have like a jump shot. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a single fucking game this season that Josh Giddy and Gordon Hayward are healthy for that Gordon Hayward's getting closing game minutes over Josh Giddy. That is ridiculous. Gordon yeah, Hayward's game... 95 years old and can't move laterally anymore because his knees are filled with plastic. Yeah, if, I, if I'm if i coaching the Thunder and it's game seven 
and you know crunch time final minutes i'm not i'm not tapping hayward to come off the bench <laughs> sorry gordon better get that towel in his hand ready to wave over his head when i call timeout because that's the yep. only action he's getting in game seven yeah all right mike your turn you got another award for me uh yeah i couldn't think of a good name for this one so i just called it the uh Nevermind award which was what the Mavs said when after they signed seth curry and got grant williams in the porzingis trade decided to get rid of them at the trade deadline <laughs> half, half a season later in a deal where um grant williams seth curry 2027 first for pj washington uh 24 second and a 28 second yeah i don't know what i don't think pj washington is like it's just like it's another Mavs deal where it's like that's not that doesn't help no <laughs> PJ Washington who's supposed to be like a 3 and D wing that they're like ah oh, they can slide him in there next to Kyrie and Luke and he can really just go to work he's shooting like 32% from three yeah and I don't think like I, do you think Luca even outside of Kyrie learns the names of the other players I think I, I think he still just calls everyone Dorian Finney-Smith yeah, because he's like, they're not going to be here. And, you know, they just keep sending these guys over here to try to help me, and they don't. <laughs> yeah, like, does the Mavs front office just get high on mushrooms before the trade deadline every year and just pick up the phone and go, yes! Yeah. <laughs> we'll take them. It, another one where it's like, hey, all right, Hornets. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, how, like, great assets you're getting, but if you're getting some assets, we'll see what you can do with them. Yeah, maybe Grant Williams will improve there. Seth Curry's probably a buyout guy, but he's from Carolina. And yeah, 2027 first for a team that's not going to have Luka on it anymore. It's a pretty right. good deal. Exactly. I just, like, you know, like, how the Eisen plan is such a big thing in the NHL, where Detroit Red Wings fans are irrationally like, ah, Eiserman's seen the whole picture. He knows everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into your microphone there, bud. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like the Mavs front office has that going on, but without the weird clout that Iserman has. So I feel like the Mavs front office is all just sitting in a room together going, we see the whole picture. No one else does. We're going to sign Grant Williams after trading for him and then trade him during the deadline. Yeah, I don't. I feel bad for Luca. Is he just going to end up a Laker? Is that the world we're living in? Is that where we're headed? That jersey doesn't look good in my head. Like Luca in a Lakers jersey, that doesn't look good. Yeah. What what's a good Luca jersey look? Everyone looks good in Phoenix. Send him to Chicago. Ooh. Right. That's intriguing. Best player in Chicago Bulls history at that point. Yeah. I'm just gonna agree with that. Yeah, I think he's better than Scotty Pippen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least he would show up to the Ring of Honor ceremony. Yeah. Um, my turn? <laughs> yeah. This is my rummaging around in the Blu-ray bargain bin award. Uh, Buddy Heald, who gets <laughs> traded for Korkmaz, Dougie McBuckets, and two seconds. Like, Buddy Heald is a starter on any team. And you got back a 29 Blazer second that, if you're the Blazers, you're really hoping isn't pick number 31. Mm-hmm. And a 24 Raptor second, which is going to be like a mid-second round pick in a bad draft. Like, I get it. He's, he's like, a UFA, and there's, there was trade talks, like, a year ago, so maybe you think he's walking. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I got to get something for Buddy Healed. But you, you like, dug your hand into the fucking bargain bin and pulled out a copy of, like, Encino Man on Blu-ray for 99 cents and went, yeah, I can watch Encino Man. 
We'll take it. At, on the other hand, I mean, I guess it's fine because, like you said, the seventy sixers didn't really give up anything notable. But I also had my one award where I was like, "That's the move award," which was going for Buddy Heal. But I guess there wasn't much more out there, and you're not going to replace Embiid magically. Yeah, yeah, it'd be crazy if they somehow managed to trade for someone who could replace Embiid. Yeah, like even close. Like why? I mean, I don't know. I thought maybe. Yeah, there wasn't anybody out there. <laughs> Get a little Kelly, a little Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, I, right. Like that was kind of my thought. There's 29 NBA teams that I can figure out a way to get Kelly Olynyk on, and yet somehow he ends up on the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Olynyk would have helped replace the offensive output of Embiid, but at least he's a big motherfucker who can clog up the lane. <laughs> yeah. And Buddy Heald isn't. No, he is not. Although somehow, to me, it feels like Buddy Heald was always on the Sixers, and it's amazing that he somehow wasn't. Doesn't he feel like a process guy? Doesn't he feel like he should have been there, like, drafted in, like, 2014 to the Sixers? Yeah, where did he... Sacramento. Was he, dra- he was drafted by Sacramento. No, okay. New Orleans? Drafted that's, by New Orleans. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sacramento's made sense when you said it, so. Yeah, because he's played New Orleans, Sacramento, and Indiana, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, He was drafted in the Brandon Ingram class. And that w- it was like the question. I think he might have gone two to the Pelicans, but that was like the question. It was like Ingram versus Heald. I thought Ingram was one, or two, I mean. Who was one in that draft then? I know, I'm curious. I was going to type in Ingram draft, but then I realized there's a good chance Mark Ingram would have popped up. Who the fuck is Mark Ingram? Seriously? The running back? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's more important. Ben Simmons. Oh. So that's why you're thinking that, because he basically was part of the process. Yeah. Ben Simmons goes one. Brandon Ingram goes two to the Lakers. Jalen Brown, three. That's a pretty good top three outside of Ben Simmons, I guess. Um, yeah. Dragon Bender, Chris Dunn, uh, rest in peace, Chris Dunn, still alive, but I just, you know, <laughs> didn't really, didn't really pan out. Buddy Heald goes six to the Pelicans, so I was incorrect. I guess I was just high on on Heald going into the draft. Maybe yeah, that was that was it. I love looking at old drafts. Jamal Murray seven, Marquise Chris eight, Jakob Podol nine to the Raptors. By the way, mm-hmm. who is then gone all the way around the world and back again. Yeah. Uh, here's a good one. Thon Maker to the Bucks. Remember some Thon Maker? Big motherfucker. Demonis Sabonis to the Magic. Torin Prince. Trying to see if there's anyone else good. Juan Hernan Gomez. He was on the the uh, Timberwolves for a cup of tea. Who was the Knicks pick? Right here. Uh, let's see. Where were the Knicks drafting around in 2016? Couldn't have been too high. Yeah, you guys didn't have a pick in the draft. <laughs> nope. Yeah, the Fultz pick... Uh, was it was either Hinky's last year when he got like fired partway through the season, or it was the year after he got fired? Yeah, if he was still there, it definitely wasn't what he yeah, wanted to do. He he reportedly wanted Tatum, and <laughs> he was right. Yeah, <laughs> you think you think you think Tatum's better than Fultz? Yeah. How, how about this, Mike? How about try this mm-hmm. one for size? Fultz goes one. Who goes number two overall? I'm sorry. Um, Fultz Fult- one. Tatum yeah. three. Who goes two? Which, by the way, initially, the Celtics had that first pick. That was a Nets pick. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers traded up from three to one to get Fultz. Who went two? Two, 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 two. D'Angelo Russell. I don't know. No, D'Angelo Russell went two in the Carl Anthony Towns draft class. Yeah, that was years before that. It was Marvin Bagley the third. Oh, it was Lonzo Ball. See, I knew I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it went Fultz, Ball, Jason Tatum. Oh. Anyways, what were we talking about? 
don't know. <laughs> Who's, uh, wh- whose turn is it for an award here? I think I we gave just, all did, mine out. We did like we did such an us thing where we ended up talking about old draft classes for eight minutes. It's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah, super super easy, super fun. Uh, you gave yeah. all yours out. I did. Uh, all right. Well, I think I gave all mine out as well. Just doing a quick check through here. Yeah, looks like it. All right. So uh, how much time we got left? So the other thing here is, of course, now it's buyout market time. Buyout market is an honor tradition in NBA history where uh, players, for no reason, get a bunch of money to not play for a team anymore so they can go play for another team. Mm. It is a little ridiculous of a, a thing, but it's very NBA, like the cap so fucking weird thing to do. So, you know, we we all roll with it. Um Mike, off the top of your head, name a random buyout guy. I don't think he was ever a buyout guy. Um, I also can't remember his name, so. <laughs> All right, cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's here's some, like, the three buyout guys that I wanted to mention here real quick. Seems like the top of the market's going to be Spencer Dinwiddie, who is already going to, like, he's not going to play a second. He's only 30 years old, mm-hmm. but he's refusing to shoot the season for some reason. And his his stock has definitely dropped over where it was a few years ago during like the D'Lo Nets era. He is such a badass looking motherfucker. Yeah, he looks yeah. so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, he he looks like he looks like he would be one of the top five point guards in the league. Like he looks like he should be playing in like the NBA in the seventies. Yeah, he's a throwback. Him he's and throwback. Jared Allen, like they should mm-hmm. be playing against each other in like the ABA finals. Yeah, I love it. Another one, DeLon Wright, uh, 31-year-old player out of Washington. Uh, you know, DeLon Wright's all right. He's 6'5". He's a wing, but he can't shoot threes, so you're looking for more of a defensive piece and, and not a guy to rely on for scoring, but it's what the buyout market is, right? DeLon Wright's the kind of guy that could be a rotation piece mm-hmm. on a contender. Um, Kyle Lowry, who's almost definitely getting bought out, from the Hornets. The man is old, he's got a big ass, and he's going to the 76ers. There's nothing else to say. Mike, without looking it up, how old's Kyle Lowry? 34. 37. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. But he's 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 going to the 76ers. It's it's a foregone conclusion at this point. He's gonna be there with Nick Nurse, gonna be there with Daryl Morey, mm-hmm. and he's gonna play like six to eight minutes a night. Um, I mean, a couple of other ones. Marcus Morris Sr., who's already been waived. Um, he can't go back to the Sixers, but he can go to any other team besides Sixers and Spurs, I believe. Seti mm-hmm. uh, Osman, another depth piece on the Spurs. I like him more than I like players like DeLon Wright because Seti Osman is just one of those dudes that like occasionally you're like, huh, Seti Osman had 22 points tonight. Yeah. Because... Yeah. His name shouldn't stand out, I feel like, but it does because he does have those kind of games. You're like, oh yeah, Seti Osman. Yeah, Guy for what's what's the team in your head that you picture Seti Osman on? I'm gonna say this, and you're gonna be like, he never played for them. The Washington Wizards. I don't know if he ever played for them. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think of him on the Cavs. Oh, okay. Um, Evan Fournier, who I assume is gonna get bought out so he can sign a 19 million dollar contract with the Knicks. Hmm. Uh, Shake Milton, not funny. Who, 
<laughs> who uh, the Timberwolves signed this offseason and then flipped for Monte Morris. Just to correct myself, Seti Odman played his entire career with Cleveland up until... The Spurs? Up until the Spurs. Okay. <laughs> um, Daniel House has already been waved by the Pistons. Pistons are just waving everyone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a bunch of bigs. Thad Young, uh, Mike Muscala, Bismack Biombo, Dan- Danilo Gallinari, Taj Gibson, who's currently on a... Uh, 10-day with the Knicks, but that's about to expire. Mike, do you do you see any of these guys moving the needles? If you're, if you got in Leon Rose's ear, any of these buyout guys, do you want them on the Knicks? The just uh, to to kind of prime the pump, the Knicks and the Sixers have three open spots on their team. Minnesota, OKC, Golden State, and New Orleans have two, and there's a bunch of teams that have one open spot, but I wasn't going to list all of them. So, those are your your six teams that have two or three open spots on their roster. I'd say maybe with, <clears throat> like, if the word after the All-Star break is Mitchell Robinson is going to miss a lot more time, maybe get a little more size. But other than that, I mean, I've always kind of been a bit of a mark for Spencer Dinwiddie, so I wouldn't hate it. I like the idea that your team's like, what if we had a point guard in our starting lineup who couldn't play defense and a point guard <laughs> off the bench who couldn't play defense? While Tom Thibodeau is tied to a chair, <laughs> duct tape over his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's funny you said uh, Danilo Gallinari and in my head my head went he just said Marco Bellinelli <laughs> I was like Marco Bellinelli still plays basketball <laughs> <laughs> the big ball man himself <laughs> Marco Bellinelli um, yeah it, like for the Timberwolves I, I wouldn't mind getting like like I said Shetty Osman in the building um, Daniel House in the building like those those are good bench guys Otto Porter Another p- potential buyout guy um, mm-hmm. got traded to the Jazz, obviously, in, in Mike's <laughs> inaugural award for the NBA trade <laughs> deadline. Uh, but, like, you know, having some of those guys under 15 minutes a game would be nice. Um, the Timberwolves really did address their whole backup point guard need, so with, with I mean, you hope so. Um, but always having some good depth, guys. Nothing to complain about. Just nothing, nothing too exciting in the trade deadline. Nothing too exciting in the buyout market unless something insane happens. So not only did was this year probably the first year in forever that a LeBron team didn't make a trade at the deadline. Is it also going to be the like one of the few years where a LeBron team doesn't pick up a buyout guy? They have an open roster spot, so they have the potential to pick up a buyout guy. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they ended up with Kyle Lowry. That's a LeBron move. Like LeBron yeah. is LeBron's entire analysis of basketball is that he just remembers who was good back in like 2014. It's like sign that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, do you yeah. think LeBron has any idea who, like, Chet Holmgren is? No, he probably calls him Kristaps when he sees him. <laughs> Blue jersey, tall white guy, same guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, Dirk, you're looking good these days. <laughs> Look at thin. Look at thin, Dirk. All right, Mike, the last thing I want to do here is post-trade deadline picks for the NBA Finals. Okay. I am pulling up the odds on FanDuel now. All right, Mike. Here are your top... We'll go top 10 in odds for the NBA Finals. Ready? Hit me. Going from 10 to 1. The 76ers at plus 3,000. They dropped way the hell down because of the Embiid injury. The yeah. Timberwolves plus 2,400. The Cavaliers plus 2,200. OKC plus 2,000. The Knicks plus 1,600. The Suns plus 1,600. Here's your big drop-off. The Bucks plus 550. The Clippers plus 550, 
the Nuggets plus 440, and the Celtics plus 260. Where where did you say the Knicks? The Knicks are sixth right now, tied with Phoenix. So they're tied for fifth at plus 1,600. Okay. So, Mike, what bet do you like and who do you see in the NBA Finals? It's the Knicks, baby. <laughs> the pendulum has swung. Here's the deal with me as a Knicks fan. We lose two games. We, like, shoot poorly, lose two games. I'm like, we fucking suck. Everything sucks. It's all bad. And then we get a little hot, and I'm just like, we're in it at all, baby. There's no middle ground for me with the Knicks. <laughs> and I'm all over on this. Is This this team is just, when healthy, they're going to be so fucking good. I don't, like, Milwaukee probably could have been a team to make a move that may have needed it. Um, Cleveland has got insanely hot, and you can make the argument they didn't need to make a move because uh, their core yeah. is all, like, really young. Yeah, their move is just getting their entire core back. Yeah. And then, obviously, Boston's the big bad in the East because they're just another, like, really good, well-constructed basketball team with some superstar-level players like Kristaps Porzingis. I was talking uh, about this yesterday, but yeah. I think the best-case scenario in the Eastern Conference is um, we get, like, Boston, like, Indiana or something weird as, like, the mm-hmm. two-seed. Like, something just comes out of left field and grabs the two-seed. And then Milwaukee as like the three seed and Knicks Cavs four or five. So we get Knicks Cavs in the first round and can find a way like you can talk yourself into a way to where we don't get Knicks Celtics until the Eastern Conference Finals. The NBA would love that so much. The NBA would love that, man. Those are two of your biggest markets and probably the two biggest in the East. Yeah. And there was like, obviously, they're two NBA teams that have like a lot of history go way back. Um, It is funny because even though the Knicks are obviously as just as recognizable and like historic of a franchise, we have nowhere near as many rings as Boston. <laughs> Some would agree with that statement. Like, yeah, it's like, it's the one shot at New York that I, people can make. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Is that it's like, Oh, the Knicks, so much history, the legacy. And like, people want to come to New York and it's like, we haven't won that many rings. guys. <laughs> All right, Mike. So your pick is the Knicks in the NBA finals. Yeah. What about from the West? Dude, the West is just like a murderer's row. Like one through four. So you have Minnesota's first right now. OKC, who is played one less game. I think they're – so it works out where they're half a game back. You have the Clippers who are like a game back and the Nuggets who are half a game back. Like that top four is just going to be unreal to see them beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. I, I want it to be the T-Wolves so bad. Obviously, I know you do too, because I yes. just love so many players on that team. Like Nas Reed deserves a ring. <laughs> All right, Not Jay Anthony Crowder. Edwards. What about Jay Crowder? That was the bio guy I was trying to think of earlier. <laughs> I Jesus. I don't, know if, I don't know if we could top that moment. Do we just end the basketball segment now? Like not <laughs> even make finals picks? <laughs> you asked me my finals pick, and I scream Jay Crowder. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny, like, the West has, like, the two teams at the top, Minnesota and OKC, are just, like, so young and haven't been there, that squad. Yeah. So you're like, eh. But then again, you can't really believe in the Lakers or the Clippers, because... James Harden. James Harden and, and Paul George. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Who's your pick in the in the West? Give me yours. The Clippers. I'm going in, man. Yeah, you said that yesterday when we were talking. Yeah, I don't know. I, the Clippers are so fucking good, man. Kawhi Leonard's gonna play like seventy eight, seventy nine games, and mm-hmm. might be like in the the conversation for MVP. Yeah, so and, I'll. It's like such a it's such a murder squad. 
especially their top five in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Zubots, fucking, <laughs> fucking Zubots. I'll say this: Heart wants T Wolves or Thunder because I love both those teams. Um, Brain is saying the Denver Nuggets have the greatest player in the league today, so let's just go ahead and put the money on them. All right, so you're going Nuggets, Knicks as your NBA Finals. Yeah, baby. I'm going Clippers, Celtics, the the Bill Simmons official Finals. Oh man, yeah, he's gonna be at every game. Yeah. All right, Mike, you got any more basketball thoughts? No, went long on basketball today, but trade deadline not to talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, take a break. Come back. Talk some hockey. Yep. All right. We're back. You're talking about some hockey. Mike, post-All-Star break in the NHL is a very weird time in hockey for me. How come? It feels like we are we are just kind of like treading water, especially because of the loser point. Mm-hmm. Like the post-All-Star break up through the trade deadline – in hockey to me is like I I bet it's the least amount of standings movement that we get all season. Yeah, like there's been random years where all of a sudden some team got wicked hat and shook things up, but really by the deadline you kind of know what teams you're looking at that are going to be in the playoffs. It's got to be the sport where the trade deadline shifts the calculus on who makes the playoffs the least. Go further into what you mean by that. Like is there any other sport where the trade deadline has a smaller effect on who is in versus who is out of the playoffs. And that, I'm not like, saying cup run, because I think that people can make trades that'll make them an impactful cup piece. But it feels like by the like the actual trades that happen at the trade deadline, the NHL, have the smallest impact on a team's chances of making the playoffs. Or missing right, the playoffs. Right. So your point being that like most of the trades are teams playoff teams trying to load up and any of the trades that go to like teams on the outside are rarely ever good enough to change their fortunes and get them in yeah, yeah. that's fair well got a couple of news items to hit on the nhl and then mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll actually talk some trade deadline today mm-hmm. first off mike since the last time we recorded the oilers come up one game short of history Fucking by loser. losing to the vegas golden knights yeah. so what do you think mike season over for the oilers everything's <laughs> pointless no i think think they're in a pretty good position right now so I wouldn't be too worried. Do you see? Uh, do you see Connie McD very upset with the water bottle? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny when NHL players get upset because for the most part they all kind of look like goobers. Mm-hmm. So like you see them get mad and it's like, all right, guy. Calm down. To, a bit. to this day, one of my favorite hockey clips ever is when McDavid played for the Erie Otters and they're walking through the back end of the locker room and McDavid just goes. <laughs> yeah so good <laughs> he's a competitive guy that's why mm-hmm. he rigged the all-star contest so that he can win a million dollars yeah what do you think do you do the what is from here on out mm-hmm. do you think the oilers have any shot at breaking that number like you think they can pull off another 17 game win streak they have 35 games left yeah don't know if there's enough games to do it well, you only need 17, Mike. I know. We're just going to win 17 to 35, actually. 17 in a row. 17 yeah. to 35 would be very easy for them. But I'm guessing that they're probably going <laughs> to win at least 17 to 35. It's just a question of what the order on the wins is there. Yeah. I would love it. Like That would be almost more impressive than breaking like the streak. Be like, doing it go, twice? Yeah, to like go on two like two streaks of that magnitude. That'd be pretty wild. Big ego boost, by the way, for the... Like the Knights there. 
Yeah, they were they're pretty hurt, right? Like Eichel wasn't mm-hmm. playing in that game. Yeah, they're like pretty hurt, so they're in a weird spot right now. And so it's probably a good feeling to go out there and snap that streak. Oilers play tonight at Los Angeles. Cam Talbot revenge game? <laughs> um, revenge against who? Edmonton. Why? Cam Talbot never played against Edmonton. Or ever played for Edmonton. Are you sure about that? <clears throat> sure about that? That's why. Literally, I googled Cam Talbot and the first picture of him is in an Oilers jersey. Oh, wow. I forget that. That was a minute ago, then. <laughs> You're about to be like, it was 2020. <laughs> yeah. It was actually earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, Cam Talbot played for Edmonton uh, from 2016 to 2018. Okay. I think it's just because from 2018 until last year, he was, or this year, he was playing for the, the Wild. So like, that's the most recent image in my mind. Playing poorly for the Wild. Uh, he played for for Philly after Edmonton, then Calgary, then the Minnesota for only two years, Mike. Yeah, but it was the most recent prior to the Kings, so that's what's in my head. All right? Nope, he played for Ottawa last year. He got traded there, didn't he? There's uh, no way he played in Ottawa last year. Yeah, he played in Ottawa last year, 22-23. Played uh, 36 games. It was a trade, though, like midseason. No. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm looking at it Get right the now, fuck brother. Get the The Talbot? Yeah. Cut all that. Let's just you know. Let's just start the segment over. <laughs> I like to. I like that now. I am the Cam Talbot expert on this podcast. <laughs> you are, Mike. Do you know that he has a career quality start percentage of only forty nine percent? I didn't know that. Is that? I'm guessing that's bad. I don't know. That's not not a statistic. I'm super familiar with. Right. Me neither. So uh, I'm just kind of coasting on my whole just smoking you on the Cam Talbot trivia for the start <laughs> of this podcast. You're really gonna lean into it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you uh you with me on the fact that Edmonton's probably winning their game in LA though? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's uh currently Edmonton sitting at minus one twenty eight on the money line. Yeah, it's uh very hot versus very cold. But the Kings took a page out of Edmonton's book and fired their coach to fix goaltending, so Yeah. Oh, we'll see how it goes. They've been on a very depressing slide down the standings. Now only two points. Uh, they're first spot in the wild card at 56, but there's two teams behind them at 54, then Calgary at 53. But as we get into the trade deadline, uh, Calgary could be a much different team in a month. Uh, it's starting to feel like Calgary might be the Chicago Bulls, where the trade deadline they go, no, we like this team. We want we them all. Really, we really think Jonathan Huberdeau is going to be the best player in the playoffs. These are our players. Go away. <laughs> All right, Mike. The, uh, another news piece. Um, the NHL is going back to the Olympics in Paris. Yeah, they're going to Olympics. You seem to be. We haven't talked about it a lot, but it, it appears to me that you are quite the connoisseur of Olympic hockey. I fucking love Olympic hockey. Like, I'm not a big, like, Olympics guy. Most of it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, who's winning? Who's, like, let's take a look at the medals. Who has the most medals? But the one thing I love... And the one sport I'll watch a lot of is curling. And then um, hockey. I just fucking love it. And because like, I'm not a patriotic guy, but it's the one thing I get super USA and into. Because you just want them to beat Canada? Yeah, because I still hold so much resentment for when Crosby scored the, the golden goal on Ryan Miller. Uh, Bill Guerin from the Minnesota Wild mm-hmm. named GM for the U.S. men's hockey team. 
I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many of the the working GMs in the NHL are American. Yeah. But I don't. I can't imagine looking at the Wild and going, "That's a team at the top of their game when it comes to player acquisition." I don't think so. I mean, they, they have, I, I, they're good at drafting, I guess. They haven't had any cap space for the last seventeen years, so it's been tough. <laughs> been tough. The Saints. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I don't know how that argument helps me at all. <laughs> I, I don't either, but I was I was gonna let you have it. Um, U.S. I mean, we can talk about it more when we get closer and. In two years. <laughs> two years, but put that one on the docket. Go ahead and just put it in the rundown now. Yeah. Um, the U.S. is going to have such a good team. It's going to be all the Hughes. I was going to say, it's the fucking Hughes, dude. Austin Matthews. Kachucks. Oh, the Kachucks. Like, goaltending, we're going to be God level. Fucking Connor Hellebuck back there. Hellebuck's going to be 45 years old by the time the Olympics roll around. It's only two years from now. Isn't he? Isn't he 45 right now? <laughs> How would he stay 45 then, Adam? That's what I do. Every year on my birthday, I just go, ah, turn 25 again. Hella Biuk is 30. Wow, that is significantly younger than I thought. Yeah, he's just he's got a very old face. Old face Hella Buck, we always call him. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be 32. Mm-hmm. And who's who's the best Canadian goaltender you can think of? So many Europeans are better goaltenders i'm trying yeah. to think of europeans where's, and russians Stuart skinner <laughs> where's aiden hill from Stuart skinner's canadian born he's uh aiden hill's canadian is aiden hill the is aiden hill actually a good goaltender have we ever figured that out <laughs> it's just like something about this vegas team um yeah that's the unfortunate thing about the nhl i mean you never really know <laughs> like linus allmark won a vezina last year and i think we are all still like is he really a good goaltender though <laughs> He had like one of the best like defensive units in front of him that we've seen in a very long time last year. So right now, if you had to handicap the 2026 Olympics, what odds are you giving the U.S. and Canada to take home gold? Each one individually, not either or. Yeah, without like looking into it more, kind of get an idea of what some of the rosters are going to look like. I think, I think Canada would be the favorite. It's got to be narrower than it used to be, right? Like minus one thirty. Yeah. I think the U.S. would be like around like second or third. Who would be ahead of the U.S. if the U.S. was third? Oh, there's some really good European teams out there. Yeah, but they're from all over fucking Europe. Yeah, that's what hurts. That. Hey, speaking of that, what's that like little series the NHL announced during the All Star game? We never talked oh. about that. The fucking World Cup or whatever it is, where they just have like four teams from different countries next year during the All Star game. Yeah, I think it's like Canada, U.S., and then two other things. Yeah, Sweden, something Sweden. like that. Switzerland. Rasmus Stalin. Great. It's going to be the U.S. and Canada absolutely crushing the other two teams <laughs> and then playing each other. The other great thing about – the last thing I'll say it's a great thing about the Olympics and U.S. hockey is it's just a good feeling to see how much the gap is closed. Yeah, that's that's. I was going to say that. It's. I think it's going to be like minus 130 Canada, minus 105 U.S., yeah, it's even better when you look over at the women's side of things. Yeah, where those it's I mean it, the women's side of things it's those two teams and literally no one else. Yeah, it's like a pick 'em every year between Canada and U.S. because the fucking just like soccer, the fucking ladies got it going on when it comes to international play. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we maybe it is time we have a woman president. They got the internationals down. Genie bus for president just got my vote. 
This is the hockey segment. You got to be. A, you got to have a different thirst trap. You got to have a female <laughs> hockey related thirst trap. Emily Kaplan, <laughs> Leah Hextall. I don't know. Leah Hextall's a good call. That's yeah. a that's the genie bus of hockey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mike. The last piece of news. Uh, time's up for Arizona. I didn't. I thought it was announced they're staying. So what do you mean time's up for Arizona? I was kind of hoping you were going to do the whole D from It's Always Sunny thing. Time's up. Time's up. Time's up. There you go. Uh, so they announced they bought land. They're still searching for, like, a deal for a stadium. Like, they don't have a deal for a stadium. They just are going to buy land in, like, the Phoenix area. And we're, like, tagging, like, the Suns and shit to be, like, glad to be neighbors with you. But the NFLPA, not the NFLPA, the NHLPA came out and was like, Arizona ownership is shit. And Gary Bettman came out and, like, did the most Bettman answer, like, the most aggressive possible Bettman answer where he's like, we've been having some conversations. There's been talks about what we think is right. And then there's this whole Utah Jazz ownership thing hanging over it where mm-hmm. he comes out and is like, we would love a team in Utah. And they're not going to add in a 33rd NFL, or NHL team. That's fucking weird. So we're talking about transfer there. And there's a guy very willingly wants to bring in a franchise to Salt Lake City, which is probably a better hockey market than Arizona. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. We definitely don't need 30. We def like if it just moved the yeah, we don't need 33. Like that year that we had Vegas that year or two where Vegas was number 31. It was so weird. Cause it was like, all right, the West has one more team than the East now. So yeah. I'd be, I'd be a little pissed if I played out in that, that division. I also, I love that Utah could consolidate power as the only state with multiple teams where the name doesn't make sense in the state by having the Utah Jazz and the Salt Lake City Coyotes. <laughs> or they could change it to the uh, the Utah Beers and it would also not, not fit. It's yeah. half the state, the fucking dry county. The Utah Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like the Apple Dorns. Everybody on their team is actually going to be. Like brothers and sisters? <laughs> yeah. Well, sister wives, I believe, is the official term. Oh, that is the correct term, yes. Get fucked, Mormon church. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dropping some hot takes on you. The worst, part, the worst part is Mormons would probably be just like chuckling along. Be like, oh, you got us there. You got us. Have a good day. Want to read this book? <laughs> you want to read so these nice. golden plates? Because <laughs> I got the golden plates. <laughs> so what do you think, Mike? Time's up. Time could be up. I just popped when you were like, they bought land. Yeah. <laughs> we got land. It's like, right, what do you got on it? Like a building of some sort? No. Yeah, I like the idea that they're not going to they're, they're not gonna end up with a deal for a building. And so in two seasons, we'll just see the coyotes on like a lake. Yeah. It's just like some bleachers like a quarter mile away. <laughs> oh my God. How dope would a hockey arena be that was on water? There's like this, these big like walkways to, for the fans to walk into it. That'd be fucking lit. You're just making shit up at this point. That's like saying, how great would it be if Christmas was every day? Yeah. I mean, you're going to get an approval rating. That sounds cool, but can we be realistic <laughs> with our pretend ideas here? That's true. It's We have the technology. We could do that. To make a floating arena. It wouldn't have to float. The lake just can't be super, like, it can't be like Mariana's trench levels of deep and you can construct a structure that would So, so like the Sydney Opera House kind of looking thing. You kind of remember like the, like in the old Justice League cartoon, there'd be like the, League of Villains had like that little dome looking thing in the swamp and it would come like rising out of it. We're looking at that. We're looking at something like that. That's what I bring to the uh, contractors. I like, like this. I like I like how you were like 
you started off that whole rant by being like, I'm not being unrealistic. I'm not saying it has to float, but I'm just saying if it rose out of the lake like the Legion of Doom, <laughs> that'd that be, be pretty be cool. That'd be pretty cool. So cool. What if it could take off into the air like a rocket? All right, now you're getting ridiculous. See? You, you want to play some sky it, hockey? Yeah. <laughs> There's some crazy motherfucker billionaire if I pitched that to him. Like Elon Musk would be like, I could do it. Yeah, I was gonna either Elon Musk or Stephen Ballmer. It feels like a Ballmer move. It does feel like a Ballmer move. You'd be like, suck it, Gates. Look at my hockey arena that's on water. You and your synthetic meat, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> your malaria vaccines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the reason, the main reason we came here today <laughs> was to start thinking about previewing the NHL trade deadline in yeah. respect to the NBA trade deadline. Uh, start talking about some guys we could see on the move here, Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, how do you want to do this? You want to go back and forth, or you want me to just queue up guys and we can talk about them in a broader picture? You can just queue up guys, and if there's any I feel like you didn't hit, I'll, I'll chime in. You want to start with just going through the, the Calgary Flames pieces to sell here? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Right. So, we could start off here with Noah Hannafin. Mm -hmm. He plays left defense for the Calgary Flames. Um, I have a, a thing up on the Athletic comparing each player to similar players that were traded in the past. So their, their one here that they have is, uh, which by the way, I will say, Noah Hannafin is a pending UFA, which mm -hmm. hurts a lot in the hockey markets. That tends to, to lower the asking price. Yeah. So the comparison that they have here uh, is the Hampus Lindholm deal in 2022 or the Dmitry Orlov deal in 2023. Orlov, we'll just stick with that because it was only one player, goes for a first, a second, a third, and Craig Smith. Interesting. Now, Orlov, that was kind of like a weird overpay, and everyone was real excited about it. But uh, I don't see Hannafin going for three picks in Craig Smith. Yeah, Craig Smith was just like so good. That's a big part of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they call him I Craig the God Smith. I like Hannafin. I think he's a good defender. He's not He's not like your, your flashy defender. You're not getting like a, a Darlene or... I should stop you using him as a comp. Can't stop yourself. Um, but I mean, he's like not one of the big, like flashy offensive guys, but he's a good stay-at-home defender. Let's see. On the season so far, he has twenty-eight points in fifty-one games. Yeah, yeah. We'll get some. We'll get a good amount of apples every year. He's only twenty-seven. You're still getting a defender in 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 the prime of his life. So, but on a, on a, a contract that's expiring this year, four point nine five million, and then he's he's out. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah. And that, that's Although he's a like, hockey player, so he'll probably just re-sign there for like 60 bucks, right? Right. That's like one of the big things. Like I, I wrote it down on here, like expirings. Uh, every trade deadline, it's like expirings, key in on those guys. But then also you have to, that hurts trade value when you have teams who are like, I'm just going to take a, a rental here to try to help me get the playoffs. Well, Noah Hannafin's like a pretty good defender. So what is Calgary going to accept from a team that's trying to buy low because they're just going to rent him for a year? Like, a cup contender team can't take him, and then not all of them could then turn around and sign him long-term because they have a roster of very good players that are trying to win a cup. So how much money do they have, you know? You like him to the Avs? Um, that wouldn't be bad. Maybe, like, a, a bottom four stay-at-home defender for them? Yeah. Although then you're probably paying a lot for a bottom four guy on the Avs. Right. I, I, think, if, I think the Avs moves were probably going to come offensively. All right, next up, another defense 
player out of Calgary. Uh, Chris Tanev, talk about the stay-at-home defense kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 points, 48 games, $4.5 million remaining this year, and he's a pending UFA. They on The Athletic has Ben Sherratt as a uh, comparative trade here, which I think in retrospect everyone kind of accepts was a, a huge overpay. It was yeah. ben, ben Sherratt bought – uh, or, or went to, to Florida from Montreal for a first rounder, a fourth rounder, and uh, a prospect. Mm-hmm. I don't really see Chris Tanev pulling in a first round pick. No. I, <laughs> uh, 34 years old, much later in his career. Like, I think Hannafin can be a solid return. Chris Tanev, probably not as much. But if he really wants to leave, I can see the Flames doing good by him and being like, oh, we'll like, find something we can take for you. Does he have, because like 90% of contracts nowadays have like some sort of stupid note. Yeah, he has a modified no, no trade clause. So he what has to like give him. 10? Yeah, that's a, it's a 10-team list that so you can't seems, be traded to. Kind of seems like a Maple Leafs guy, right? Especially when you consider Brad Tree Living is the GM of the Maple oh, Leafs now. That's a really good call. Yeah. I could definitely see that one happening. And I feel like, I always feel like the Maple Leafs are in a situation where it's like, you could kind of use more defense. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like uh, if 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 the Maple Leafs signed like eleven stay-at-home defensemen, they would still somehow give up too many high-danger chances. It's just like in their DNA. Yeah. Another one that they have on here as a comparison is uh, Josh Manson, last year or okay. two years ago from Anaheim for a second-round pick and a, a depth piece player. Maybe that's mm-hmm. even a prospect. Not someone I'm familiar with. Drew Hellison, not not a player I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. That seems like more the return you could expect out of out of Tanev, right? A second rounder and like a mid tier prospect. Yeah, you made a good point. Like the the Sherratt deal was a bit of an overpay, so let's take that and go down a little bit, and then you're looking at your your Tanev area. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else on Calgary that you think gets moved? I mean, Markstrom's Markstrom's name is on list. Yeah, Markstrom is like. I, I, the only reason I don't mention Markstrom is because I've I've like been hurt too many times by thinking a goalie is going to get traded. A notable one, yeah. Yeah, like it, what what would be if you were going to handicap it? What would be the odds for you that either Markstrom or Gibson gets moved at the deadline? Every year, John Gibson's going to get moved at the deadline, and he doesn't. Every fucking year. Um. So, I'd put it sub fifty for sure. Like I'd say thirty percent. Are you looking at betting odds? I'd say like I plus betting odds. Plus like two thirty. Like, yeah, I was say more like plus five hundred. Like I think okay. it's possible, but you have to keep in mind he's a thirty-four-year-old goalie with two more years of making six million after this year. Is that Gibson or Markstrom? That's Markstrom. Hmm. Held's Gibson. Gibson's like what thirty? I think he's also up there. I think Gibson is, like, deceptively young. I think we figure this out every year when the trade deadline rolls around. I, th- I think you might be right. Uh, Jakob Gibson, 30 years old. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, I feel like we did this last year and the year before when we did the Gibson trade talks where the trade deadline rolls around and we're going, "Hey, yeah, Gibson's getting up there in age. And it's like, oh, he's 29. He's, like, he- the age when most goaltenders get good. Yeah, he's just been in Anaheim forever. And, like, half that time, every trade deadline, it's like, Gibson's on the move. Gibson's on the move. Where can you see those guys going if they do get traded? I keep saying it. Stuart Skinner's good, okay? <sighs> okay. You right. have to accept it. It's time to accept it. The Stuart Skinner is, like, he's 
he's at least as good, or if not better, than Gibson. All right, that's fair. And they couldn't go for a Markstrom because six million dollars in, ca- in the cap not happening. Gibson, <laughs> Gibson in his career is a nine twelve goalie. Yeah, that's good <laughs> for a career. This year, yeah, exactly. No, I'm sorry, not Gibson, Skinner. I'm trying to defend Stuart Skinner because oh, okay. I knew you were going to try to, to mock some of these guys. Stuart Skinner is 25 years old and at even strength has a 914 save percentage. Last year, 923. You have to at some point accept that Stuart Skinner is actually a pretty good goalie. I don't have to accept shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, I think all of a sudden unless the Kings really are banking on like Phoenix Copley can save our season. Like when he gets healthy, like all of a sudden the Kings need a goalie. <laughs> yeah. Markstrom on the Kings would be fun. Yeah. But they're also super strapped for quiche. Dutch bastard back there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess Calgary would have to retain and they've seemed pretty opposed to that so far this off season or the season. Mm-hmm. It's not the off season. Well, it's kind of the off season for Calgary. Yeah. And then another one that would be interesting is Colorado. I don't know how much they... Like, Georgiev is slightly below average. Like He has an 898 save percentage and a 2.91 goals against. So he's Georg- not... Georgiev has the one thing that Colorado needs. Poke checking Connor McDavid. He's the poke checking Connor McDavid guy. He's the Connor McDavid destroyer. If they play in the playoffs, he's going to go for that poke check and McDavid's going to make him look so goofy. He's going to scorch him. It's going to be like one of those goals where he scores it and then it's on like... It, like, leads ESPN with, like, a come-on-man segment or something. Yeah, like, game one prior to the game, you're going to the back, and McDavid's just in a dark room with, like, an old-school projector just re-watching the clips of those poke checks over and over again. <laughs> and someone just knocks on the door. They're like, McDavid, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> McDavid's going to score on him blindfolded. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so here's here's one you actually texted to me. That I had no idea was in trade rumors until you brought it up. But Jake Gunsel. Yeah. 51 points in 48 games. Only a $6 million contract, and he's a he's a pending unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. The comparison that the Athletic has is the Elias Lindholm deal from this year. So okay. it was a first-rounder, uh, Kuzmenko, some additional uh, prospects, and a conditional fourth. They also have the Giroux deal from a couple of years ago. Uh, which, I mean, that was a bunch of shit, but mainly Giroux was the big part, mm-hmm. in which Philly got back a first-rounder, Owen Tippett, and a third-rounder. And then mm-hmm. finally they have Mark Stone, who uh, they gave back Eric Brandstrom, a second-rounder, and Oscar Lindbergh for Mark Stone. Uh, good deal, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> People should just stop making deals with Vegas. You know what else they got a good deal on, apparently, is the fucking Jack Eichel trade. Mm-hmm. Not looking great for, for Buffalo anymore. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like, well, like uh, Gunsel's going to end up with like 35 goals. Yeah. Like, I have him on my notes. I wrote him down as like probably the crown jewel. Yeah. Of this, this trade class. Because the big thing, because you'd be like, why the hell would Pittsburgh trade him is because they, there isn't like a lot of movement on getting a deal done. Also, Pittsburgh needs to accept reality. Yeah, they're they're the Chicago Bulls. Although that's they're actually more like the LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. 
which it feels weird to call the Lakers the LA Lakers. Like if I was gonna, if I just said Lakers, people are gonna be like, "Who the fuck are the Lakers?" <laughs> oh, the LA Lakers. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Birmingham Lakers. Yeah. Um, but the, I think that the problem with Pittsburgh is that they 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 have their LeBron James and Sidney Crosby, and Sidney Crosby is just like, "Nope, we're going for it, going for the cup," and everyone else is like, "Well, it's Sidney Crosby. Like we can't say <laughs> no." Right. And like. That was the point I was going to make is that Penguins are five points out of a wild card spot, and they also have like a couple games in hand of the teams ahead of them. So they might be like, even if we can't bring him back next year, we got to hang on to him. Like, we got to get Sid at least one more shot, like get him back into the playoffs. So that, unless they get an offer where it's like, holy shit, we can't say no. Yeah, I would be personally surprised if I see Jake Gunsel move, just because, like you said there, like I think that their thought process is we will mortgage our entire future just to give Sid a couple more shots at it. Yeah, and also Kyle Dubas may be a bad GM. <laughs> Kyle Dubas may be a bad GM. <laughs> he may be a bad GM. And also, like Another big thing with these situations is they know, like, hey, we can kick the can down to the draft, make a deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially if they, they re-sign Gunsel. Mm-hmm. Um, if Gunsel does get traded, you got a, you got a spot you like for him? I don't know how many times you're going to make me say their name, but God, I would like, if you got to the abs, how unreal would that be? But I don't see it. I don't know if I could see it feasibly happening. Would he be um, on the top line there? Who's the, who's the top line left wing right now for the abs? Um, Rantanen plays the right. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, Lekkonen. Yeah. Lekkonen, yeah. Arturi. So does, does Gunsel take Lekkonen's spot there, you think? Top line, or is he going to be on the second line? It depends on if you want to, like, how you want to space out your talent. Like, you could keep Lekkonen up there because he's with two phenomenal players, and then you can move Gunsel down um, to take the Jonathan Druin spot on the second there's, line. There's no way they move Gunsel to center, right? Has he played center at any point in his career? I'm not I'm not sure, but I don't I don't think they would. But then again, they're not exactly super strong down the middle. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. if you, they can somehow manage to land a center that's better than Ross Colton. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> How about, you, how about, you like him on uh, on New Jersey? Oh. Just keep getting scoring in the building. I mean, their their big trade piece last year uh, is not working out too great for them right now. Yeah. I like that. That one's interesting. I don't I don't hate that. Um, Boston probably would have to make the cap work, but them to get more scoring I think would be pretty good. I feel like they need centers more than the wings. Yeah, I mean, they had two Hall of Fame ones retire last year, so. Let's see. Um, yeah, so just I just pulled up the left wings on, on New Jersey. The only guy that I could see Gunsel reasonably playing behind would be Jesper Bratt. Maybe Palat, but I would still just say Bratt. Mm-hmm. So you automatically add in a top six forward. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that would that. that's an interesting... Uh... That's really, I don't know, that was like one of the ones I know. Sometimes people say a team and you're like, oh... Yeah, <laughs> but like you bring him in to Boston, it would just like Marshawn's still gonna be in the top line, but you could put him on the second and bump down. Like I think Gunsel's better than Van Riemsdyk. Call me crazy. Whoa, whoa, ninety-five year old. Wait, Jimmy Van Riemsdyk's younger, isn't he? He's the younger of the brothers, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, put my line there with you know Pavel Zaka. <laughs> Work. Why do you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, another one here. 
the, and I, I particularly like this one because of who the athletic does the comparison here for. Mm-hmm. So Vladimir Tarasenko, <laughs> who he's, is, <laughs> what's up? He's becoming the the Jay Crowder of the NHL. Yeah, he's in every trade every year. Yeah, just to get a little more he's, depth scoring for the playoffs. He's Otto Porter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tarasenko has 33 points in 45 games. Mike, what team is Vladimir Tarasenko on right now? The Sens. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Um, he has a $5 million cap hit. I really like that their comparison here is uh, to the Vladimir Tarasenko trade from last year, <laughs> which um, it was Tarasenko for a first, a third, and some other stuff. Yeah. But I, I love the idea that you go, what price could we get for Tarasenko? And you go, well, what if we just get the price for Tarasenko that they got for Tarasenko last year? What, um, his contract's reasonable, too. Five million pending UFA. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he is such a, like, he is, his situation was built to be a trade situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does have a no trade clause. So, a little Why bit. Why do we no. give these out like candy in the NHL? I don't know. It is unbelievable. Everybody has one. Like fourth, like your fourth line center, who scores ten points a year. He's like, uh, yeah, but I want a no trade clause. Like, sure. It's like the it's like the weird price inflation where like in other sports people are getting paid more money as time goes on, but yeah. NHL players just never get paid more money. So instead, they get like weird clauses in their contract. But the it's like started to like trickle down to where just everyone has like a ten team no move. Yeah, like Ottawa. For once, it's like, oh, like good, good move. You know, you sign Tarasenko for one year, and if things don't work out, he's a really good piece of trade bait. And then they still they fucked it up because they're like, yeah, we also gave him a, a no trade clause, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the worth noting here, Buffalo, when they traded Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. got a second round pick for him, and Taylor Hall had a no move clause. Yeah. Well, that's the upside. Like that's the leverage that the Senators have is like Tarasenko wants to be in the playoffs. So if a playoff team comes to Colin, they'll he'll, he'll move it. Yeah. Where do you like Tarasenko? I mean, I think a lot of the same teams we talked about with Gunsel, like if they teams that need some more scoring, like Avs need help, get some more help on the wing. Um, you could say Boston again, but I also, and I think about it, I feel like Boston might want to get a little beefier down the middle. Also maybe, yeah. Stop sending wingers to Boston who need centers. Yeah. Like that's, that's a fair point. Um, how did the how did the Canucks scratch your itch? Keep gearing up, just keep adding the goal scorers onto the team. <laughs> Dear God, I don't like that. Would be imagine, yeah. Imagine Tarasenko in like a bottom six forward role. Yeah, playing like twelve minutes. What about what about Winnipeg? Well, they just made a deal. So did I mean you know? So did um. So did Vancouver, but I'm still putting them in there. Here's, but okay, here's here's Vancouver's right wings: Brock Besser, Elias Lindholm, Connor Garland, and Sam Lafferty. Yeah, they're set. They're good. Yeah, is is Tarasenko better than any of those guys right now? Maybe, maybe Sam Lafferty. Maybe Lafferty. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're right. They probably they probably don't need. And on the left, fucking Nils Hoglander is their worst left winger. Yeah, and like I said, Winnipeg, but on the right they have Nikolai Ellers, Gabe Velarde, Mason Appleton, and Ix Alafalo. Like I think they're fine. Fucking Alafalo. I forgot about Alafalo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find a place that needs a right wing, I guess. Edmonton? Yeah, you look at the teams like Edmonton and Toronto, it's always like we would like to not be so top-heavy in our offensive output with, like, two guys. So, let's throw a little terror. Like, like, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Corey Perry 
is currently the second line white right wing <laughs> for the Oilers. Would yeah. you rather have Tarasenko or Corey Perry? At this point in <laughs> Corey Perry's career, I'm gonna go ahead and take Tarasenko. Yeah, I think so too. You bump Corey Perry down to the third line with Warren Fogle. Or yeah. oh, I guess over Warren Fogle. Get Connor Brown out of there. Not a Connor Brown guy. Not a Connor Brown guy. Not a Connor Brown guy. Just saying, you know? Maybe Tarasenko to the Oilers. He might even have a top six role in the Oilers. Yeah, I could I mean Toronto's kinda intriguing me. You could put him on the third line. And then or you could even Yeah, you could put him on the third line, plus you could mix him into like your second power play unit. He'd be nice there. That's kinda interesting. We'll see. Who else I you got? Enjoy- I do enjoy this podcast just being us looking at lines and going, eh, 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 yeah. Eh, eh. yeah. Um, all right. I, I'll, I'll throw out uh, one or two more before we get to who I think is actually going to be the biggest name moved on, on deadline day. Okay. So Anthony Duclair, who is basically the only piece the Sharks have left to sell. Yeah. $3 million pending UFA, 17 points in 46 games. I'm, I'm going to read that again just so you hear that. Anthony Duclair... 17 points in 46 games. Poor dude. Yeah. Was <laughs> um, looking, like he was looking like he was like, you know, he was in a good spot and then he tore his ACL, I believe. Or his, uh, I'm sorry, I think he tore his Achilles. He tore something. And that just totally like derailed his career. So Duclair's comparisons uh, by The Athletic are Marcus Johansson to the Wild in 2023. That was for a third round pick. And Frank Vetrano to the Rangers in 2022, and that was for a fourth-round pick. Hmm. So probably not a huge trade market for Anthony Duclair? Probably not. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, like, I, I, you have to put him on here, because San Jose probably should do something at the trade deadline, because their entire team is terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be Tomas Hurdle. Like, he's not getting moved, so. Yeah, 8.1 million. And I assume a no-trade clause. Uh, Yes. But... Oh no! This year, or next year, it's a uh, full on no trade, and then it turns into a modified no trade clause. Okay. This his contract's wild. So for twenty twenty five to twenty twenty seven, he has it's a three team trade list, and then in twenty for the rest of the contract, twenty eight to that's, that's, okay, and then for like the next couple of years, it's a fifteen team trade list. If I didn't make a fucking confusing contract, sorry. I'm looking up his fucking contract because you're you're confusing me now. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. What website are you using? Cap friendly. Okay, I'm using Spot Track, which is the superior website. I always, I go Spot Track for basketball all the time and football, but Cap Friendly is my hockey one. And also, okay, so I just I just pulled up I just pulled up Tomas Hurdle's contract. Mm-hmm. A Hurdle's thirty. Maybe you should move him. He ain't going to be around. He, was... he ain't going to be around when the Sharks are good. I thought he was if. like 34. <laughs> well, was... by the end of this contract, he'll be 36. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and somehow his cap hit is $8 million for the last 3 years of this, despite his base salary only being $2.3 million. So, I got no clue what's going on. This is some cap shenanigans on Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. Um, but Anthony Duclair, any, any place you like for him? Um, not really any place. I'm like, Oh, great fit there. But I mean, 
Yeah, he's, team. Like, he's like he's he's gonna be on Vegas, man. He's gonna be like a fourth line guy on Vegas who scores six goals during the playoffs. Yeah, and that's that is like obviously the most likely outcome is a uh, a contending team throws him a pick and gets a fourth line winger who has had success in the past. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like you're trading for some old bum like Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, I don't even think I've seen Hurdle on many. Like I've like seen a lot of talk about that on the it's, on the web. Which now that we're talking about it, it seems kind of weird. Right. Why wouldn't San Jose trade him? Do you think Tomas Hurdle wants to stay in San Jose as a bottom dweller for the next three or four years? No, but you gotta find a team with cap space, or you retain. You yeah, know, or you, you only need to find a team with, team with like four million dollars. Yeah, you also gotta find a it. long contract to retain on. It is. And then you got to find a team that's willing to be like, yeah, we'll hang on to him for that long. I mean, he could eventually be bought out, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a long contract. That's probably a hard mm-hmm. contract to move. And as NHL GMs always tell us, trades are hard. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't do any. Right. Uh, based off the time, we'll have to we'll have to go a little bit shorter on uh, on this, this last couple uh, here. But time to talk about the Ducks. Quack, quack. So Zegras and Gibson apparently aren't getting moved or it's looking like they're not. I have my doubts on that. I don't know why they, they're they going to hang on to Gibson. And, and Zegras just has been kind of disappointed, so the market's probably dried up. <laughs> but a guy that it very much looks like he's going to get moved is Ilya Labushka, who's a right defenseman uh, who, who has four points in 48 games. So you're not looking anything significant here, but he seems to be the most likely name to get moved out of Anaheim. Got any thoughts on Ilya Labushka? Every um, trade they have as comparison here are stay-at-home defensemen who got traded for fourth-rounders. Yeah, I think it's wild. He's, <laughs> I mean, it, this cap friendly's depth charts aren't great. They don't keep him very up to date, but they have him on the top line, <laughs> which I can't believe is real. I refuse to believe that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bushi played for Buffalo last year. His goal song was "I'm a Gummy Bear," which was pretty good. I think we heard it once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, there's actually no way to tell what his goal song is this year because he has not scored a goal. So. Yeah. So another one. Team wants like a depth defender toss him a draft pick i don't think zegris gets moved and it will be hilarious when gibson doesn't i i kind of want gibson to get moved to like another perennial are they going to move their goalie team like it'd be great if gibson somehow ends up in like minnesota and then we just get to go next year being like is minnesota gonna move gibson again yeah let's get the is there is there trade talk for the flower Nah, he's 95 years old, man. It's true. All right. Last guy on my list here. Mm-hmm. And who I think is going to be the biggest name we actually see get moved on the day. Adam Henrique. Yeah. Probably the only center on the board also who's going to get moved. But mm-hmm. 50 games, 35 points. The comparison that they have here is the the very recent Sean Monahan trade, which was for a first-round pick and a conditional third if Winnipeg wins the Stanley Cup. By the way, did not know that was a condition on that pick. <laughs> that the third rounder conveys to Montreal. If Winnipeg wins the Stanley Cup, from here on out, if I'm a GM, all of my picks are on that condition. <laughs> that, yeah, that is hilarious. They, they like must a, have wrote that in really tiny font. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would trade 11 firsts, but all of them would be on the condition that they only convey if I win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Barbashev, who's another one who just got traded straight up for Zach Dean. Ricard Raquel, who was a second rounder, and some uh, some prospects and uh yon rock from seattle to calgary in 2022 for a second rounder a third rounder and a seventh rounder mike do you see adam henry getting moved 
Yeah, I could definitely see it, and I like it. Um, pending UFA, five point eight million dollar contract, not bad. Um, he could be a good Avs guy. <laughs> Do you want to you want to throw the Bruins in here too? Your I two mean, teams, your two teams, you bring up every chance you can. Need a little help down the middle. I'm just saying, it could be good. Could be, how did we? Did we mention in all the like all the goalies we talked about? We did either of us mention Carolina? No, that's weird. Yeah, but there's there's no goalies who are actually going to get moved, right? No one trades goalies. Every year, there's multiple going up to the deadline, and every year, none of them move. But like backup goaltenders with like a 3.2 goals against average get moved. Yeah. Like no one's going to get moved, but somehow we're going to be like, huh, Anton Forsberg is on, uh, it's on the Islanders now. Yeah. Like, I think I saw like Jake Allen on a lot of lists. <laughs> you know, who's a, another team that's, that's kind of fallen down the standings now, but for, uh, off the ice related issues needs a goaltender. Who? The flyers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause Carter Hart's part of the, I. Uh, the Hockey Canada sexual assault lawsuit. So he's oot. Yeah, and I mean, Phillies and I run those teams where they're probably kind of like, hey, like we're going to probably make the playoffs. We might be able to make like, I don't think we're making the cup final, but you know, maybe yeah, win yeah. around. Second wild card spot, and see mm-hmm. what you can do. But back to the, the topic, Adam Henrique. Carolina could also use the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Henrique's kind of a, a center winger. Like he, I, I've I've seen him in the past yeah. play left wing as well. How do you feel about him in Seattle? I'm just trying to throw out teams we haven't mentioned that yeah, could I, use a player. I don't want anybody to go to Seattle. <laughs> what, do, what do you got against Seattle? Huh? I don't know. What's Seattle They're, do to you? My priors were they would somehow turn their high PDO into like sustainable success this year, and I shouldn't have thought that. I think that I think that high PDO is just contagious, and Vancouver caught it this year. Oh, definitely. They stole Just the, closest, the closest city to them. Yeah, <laughs> it, there's a like a strong, uh, like wind came through Seattle and knocked it up to, to Vancouver. Yeah, it's just the Seattle Kraken sneezed, and <laughs> Vancouver caught high PDO. Um, I really, I'm, I'm more in on this Carolina thing, even though like they need scoring, but also they, like Adam Henrique isn't, like they just somehow have to end up with like that dude. Not Adam, Adam Henrique, but they just don't have like explosive highlight real offensive players. Yeah, is there anyone? I mean, it's the trade market in the, the mm-hmm. NHL, so it's there's probably not anyone that that can really change the future of the Hurricanes. Gunsel. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like the best puck mover in this class? Would that be Gunsel? Probably, I'd say Gunsel so. Or, I mean, Gunsel or Henrique, one of those two, and yeah. that's you know. Carolina doesn't have a lot of good puck carriers on the team outside of mm-hmm. Sebastian Ajo. And I guess, yeah, that might be kind of it. How about Florida? You like Florida pushing their chips in, picking up a, a Henrique, having some more depth down the middle behind uh, 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 Sasha Barkov? Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I could also see Florida, depending on what the market is and what people want, being like, hey, we're really fucking good and we kind of like our squad, so bye. Let's see. Yeah, Sasha Barkov, uh, Sam Bennett, Anton Lindell, Kevin Steen- Steenland. Henrique, what, slots into the bottom six there, or you think that he's taking, at, taking Sam Bennett's spot? No, I think if Henrique goes to any contender, he is definitely slotting into the bottom six at age 34. Damn, 34? Mm-hmm. What, what kind of no-movement clause does he have? Probably something stupid. Yeah, like an 18-team mm-hmm. modified no-movement clause, no <laughs> yeah. clause or something. 
But speaking of no movement clause, do you know what team Evgeny Dodonov is on this season? Not the Stars anymore? It's on the Stars. He's on the okay. Stars. That's a good gotcha. call. Okay. Uh, that's surprised. The other day I was watching the Stars game. and um, Oh, I was watching the Star Sabres game. And uh, uh-huh. and Dodonov was like, they had like a statistic that popped up with Dodonov. And I was like, huh, forgot it. Evgeny Dodonov was on the Stars now. That man is entirely famous because of the whole trade issue. Yeah. 10 team, no trade list for Henrik, by the way. I love that I said that as a joke, and it turned out to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss anyone, Mike? Anyone else that you want to highlight here? Um, I know we're running over on time. Uh, Merzlinkus. Because <laughs> he wants out but doesn't want out and kind of wants out. We just out. can't get away from the fucking goaltenders. They're not moving yeah. any goaltenders, Mike. I know. Um. Merzlikin is still going to be on. I was going to say Merzlikin still going to be on the team after the trade line, but for some reason they're going to move Giannis Corposalo. Yeah. Well, they don't have Corposalo anymore. They moved him last year. Who's Who's their backup goaltender right now? If you're asking me who the backup goaltender is on fucking Columbus, who I don't cares? watch Columbus. One of us has to know. Uh, let's see. Although I guess the backup goaltender is actually Elvis Merzlikin right now. True. Because he wants to be traded, but hasn't asked to be traded and could be traded, but he doesn't really want to, but he does. <laughs> fucking confusing. Um, they're, uh, back, they're, go- it's, uh, uh, Tarasov, who's been playing over Merz Lincoln. Okay. All right, okay. you said Kapokaka? Yeah, I mean, he's having a terrible year. That's For- always a great time to play, to trade someone is when they're playing poorly. Yeah, he's like, a, he's a former, uh, number one overall pick, I believe. So. Sure, why not? Um, I don't know, maybe someone, once again, some dude, somebody gets enticed with the idea of unlocking capo caco's true potential uh second overall pick okay 2019 draft yeah lafreniere was the first ah damn it i was gonna i was gonna say who was the number one pick and you're wrong it wasn't lafreniere not that year but the next year they drafted lafreniere first mike 29 or 2019 capo caco goes two kirby doc goes three bowen byram four who goes number one overall at the owen power draft no no power was uh covid draft that's true. Um, oh no, hit me. Dylan Cousins was the pick that went to Buffalo this year. You sure you don't want to take a guess? Yeah. Twenty nineteen. No, you're not taking a guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Hughes. Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And then uh, the other, other name I had written down, um, just for Homer reasons, is a couple Sabers could be moved. Casey Middlestat's kind of having like his best year so his stock will never be higher so i'd probably move him and then victor olsen barely plays and he's at least someone you can like plant near the dot on the power play and like that that's his move someone was like what, what's your uh, what are you good at he's like one-timers <laughs> um i just want to point out isn't casey mills out hurt right now no i just watched him play the other day okay no it's a stars game okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i like i like casey middlestat moving more than anyone else Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's a, there's a chance there. Teams can always use a center, you know. Yeah. All right, Mike. We we had one more segment planned, but we went pretty long. So uh, yeah. it'll be another day. It'll be another day when we have an accompanying article coming out. Okay. So you got any plugs on the way out the door there, Mike? Yeah. Um, got an article coming out on helping people on accepting when your season is lost. So look for that. Um. And then, you know, stuff's always in the work. Stuff's always percolating. But whenever I release something, you can find it by following Adam. And I don't know why I plugged you and I should be plugging myself. But at Tonalo Mike on 
X, formerly known as Twitter, and Threads, and Instagram, which I only opened so I could get a Threads account. And that's about it. Happy birthday to me, motherfuckers. Yeah, happy birthday to, to Talon Alone Mike there. Go go wish him a happy birthday. Uh, you can follow me at Talon Alone Adam on X and Threads. Like Mike said, I tweet out everything we post. We're in the works on a couple things behind the scenes. Be sure to come back here every Monday and Thursday for our Talon podcast. Actually, only next Monday and Thursday. After that, we're going to once weekly on that. And then every Saturday for Basky through the end of the hockey and basketball season. And uh, be sure to check out my League Pass watchability rankings. Those come out every Tuesday or occasionally on Wednesdays. Besides that, Mike, uh, we don't do shout-outs on the show, so you just want to get the fuck out of here and go enjoy your birthday? Yeah, let's do that. All right.